Hi, my name is Ruben Porter. I'm the lead pastor here at Crossroads Church, and it's great to have you on our podcast today. We hope this message encourages you, builds you up in your faith, and ultimately brings you closer to Jesus. Enjoy. So Robin and Donna and the family have been part of this community for, well, it must have been 18 months now, is it? Almost, something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it's, it's great to have you with us, and, and Robin's going to be sharing with us this morning. So I just want to pray for him, and uh, why don't you pray with us as well? So, Father, we are just so grateful for, for Robin, and I pray this morning that as he speaks, Lord, that your words will be so clear through him. Um, thankful for the way that their family is just committed to this community, and we just uh, love having them part of it. And I just pray this morning that you will just bless him and speak through him. We pray these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thanks, Ruby. Kia ora. Kia ora whanau. Hey, my name's Robin, as Ruby said there. Now, tell me if I need to adjust... Something you have got me good. Hey, it's, it's um, with fear and trembling that I stand here today. Or actually, it's probably more um, with fear and trembling that Ruby and the team have uh, let me stand here today because of dad jokes. Um, uh, I know that Jake in particular has a love-hate relationship <laughs> with my dad jokes and humour. Uh, the dad jokes do tend to fall out. I've got um, dad jokes to the power of four because I have four children. Um, uh, I've married five women, but I'm currently living with my first wife, Donna, the beautiful redhead. Some of you are confused as to why I've married five women. It's not because I've had a rascally background. It's because uh, I was a marriage celebrant. I have done uh, four weddings and one funeral, and that sounds like a movie title. It's actually true. I've done four weddings and a funeral. Um, so uh, my preaching style might be a little bit different to, to what some of you may be used to. I don't know what you're used to. Um, uh, you know, I, might, I haven't been to a, uh, a theological cemetery, I mean seminary, <laughs> a Freudian slip there. Some people do go away to seminary and they end up um, as, as a cemetery. It does kill some people in their faith, I've found. Just watch that. Don't let the, the uh, knowledge puff you up. Anyway, uh, that's a side note. But I do know a little Greek. Uh, he owns a takeaways on Rangatiki Street. No, serious. I better get serious. Sorry. I'll put this tie on so I get serious. I got given some ties for Christmas. I'm going to get this caught in my... Um, couldn't decide. I decided on this one. It's got some cows on. I've got a couple of cows at home. Now, uh, with, with a tie, there's two parts. There's the fat part and the skinny part. Uh, so if we could have maybe this side of the room representing the, the skinny part of the tie and this side representing the fat part of the tie. I'm not saying anything about... The skinny or the... Anyway, <clears throat> moving along. So if I roll these up like this, we're going to have a little race. Okay? Now, if you're on the skinny side, the skinny side of the tie falls down first, then you win a self-paid trip to Disneyland. If you're on this side, you win the same prize. All right? Now, I've got to clarify this. One time I was doing a kids' program, a kids' camp, and I told them about the self-paid trip to Disneyland and then at the end of the week, the team that won, they were really disappointed. They didn't quite understand the self-paid part. And I got into a bit of trouble over that. 
So here we go, on the count of three. One, is it going to be the skinny side or the fat side? What's it going to be? One, two, three. It's a tie. Oh, sorry, sorry. Well, I should get more serious. I'll get, I'll get real serious. Here we go. Get rid of this thing. Goodness me. All right. Time to get serious. Hey, today we're going to begin um, by reading through the passage that has been selected for me. And then I'll show you some things that I've found in the passage. I'll show you uh, that a life of obedient surrender to a loving Father God is wise. It's a wise move. I'll explain how it's all about relationship. It's all about having a relationship with a loving God. A living God, not a dead God. And I'll give you the opportunity today to begin a relationship with God. If you haven't started already on that journey, I'm going to give you an opportunity today to start a relationship with God through his son Jesus. So if we could uh, bring up the... Oh, look at that. There it is. I can see it up there too. So enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate that leads to destruction... Broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate, and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit you'll recognize them. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But only those, only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? In your name drive out demons? And in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who builds his house on the rock. The rain came down, and the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall, because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the rock. Hey, I just read that, did I? I built a set on the sand. That's the, the fool. Right, all right. The rain came down, the st- streams rose up. I've got the song in my head. And the wind blew and beat against the house, and it fell down with a great crash. And I was thinking about that. that the kids' program, she said this morning that it started with a bang. And I was, had pictures of it coming with a crash. Oh, bang. Anyway. All right, that's the scripture. So I said to you, I would go through the, read the passage, and then I'd show you some things that I found in the passage. So here's some things that I found in the passage. 
as I walked down the passage at home from my room this morning to the lounge, I found this in the passage. Uh, It's a a picture of me when I had hair. I think they're going to try and zoom in on it, so I'll stand still. Jaden's zooming in there. Oh, it is. There we go. That's when I had hair, and that's my lovely, beautiful redhead when her hair was red. (coughs) Sorry. Sorry, darling. Grey is awesome. Um, I'll I'll pop that there. So some other things I found in the passage, and you're still clicking to that dad joke that I found stuff in the passage. Uh, I found found this, this book. We have a big bookcase in our passageway. This is Wisdom 101, and this reminds me of my oldest daughter, Abigail. She's currently on Waiheke Island, that's where she lives, and she loves books. She's got oodles of books, she devours them, and um, this is a book that she is selling on behalf of the author, so she's got boxes of them sitting in our hallway, some of them. So if you're into some wisdom, you're wanting some wisdom, I'm talking a bit about wisdom today, but if you'd like some more, there's a good book, Wisdom 101. What else did I find in the passage? I found this, this picture here that my second daughter drew. So this is a, um, she's a bit of an artist and she drew this beautiful picture. It reminds me of uh, Africa and missions. It speaks to me of missions and it reminds me that I'm an everyday missionary. And um, lots of my decisions in life uh, relate to, to missions. Uh, I found this in the hallway, and that reminds me of my boys, because they were kicking it around the house yesterday, and um, wherever there's a ball, they will kick it, they will throw it, they will pass it, there's just non-stop. Um, I built them a football field in one of my paddocks at home, and still they kick a ball around inside. Um, I also found in the hallway a, a light bulb sitting on the shelf, and that reminds me of... Um, of, of something that we hold as our family. And my email address is robin at inspired ideas. And, and the light bulb is the inspired ideas. And, and I think that God just drops so many ideas into my head all the time. And sometimes some of them are inspired. Um, the inflatable roundabouts, that never really took off. Um, uh, all sorts of things that bounce in my head. But there's some of the stuff I found in the passage. But really, what you want to know is what I actually found in the passage, the passage of Scripture. So let's get on with it, because wisdom is building a rapport with my audience, which is what I've just done here. I've told you a little bit about me and my family. But wisdom is also getting on with it, so that Ruby might invite me back one day. (laughs) All right. So the first, if we can have that first one, enter by the gate. Enter by the narrow gate. Now, in this bit, it's coming up. Let's wait for it. Here it comes. Enter through the narrow gate. Now, I, what stood out to me in this was the bit that says only a few find it. Is, is God playing hard to get? Like, is, why is it that only a few find it? Is he like, um, you know, my wife was playing hard to get, but I eventually found her. Um, Sometimes I still don't get her, like, like steak and onions is, is a balanced meal, there's meat and veggies, but she says that it's not enough veggies and I don't get that. 
Um, so is God playing hard to get? Why do few find it? Some of you have found it because you're here today. You're, you're part of the chosen. You're one of the few that did find it. This is my thoughts on why some people find it hard to find the, the path, the gate. And I couldn't find who uh, this quote was attributed to, but it says, an atheist can't find God like a thief can't find a policeman. I love that quote. An atheist can't find God like a thief can't find a policeman. Why? Because he's not, he doesn't want to. A thief doesn't want to find a policeman because then he's busted. An atheist doesn't want to find God because if you admit that there is a God, then comes the question of if there is a God, then what does that mean for me? What does it mean? Does it... Because I believe that God has a right on our lives. He has a right on your life. He made you. He designed you. He knew you before you were even born. He knows the number of hairs on your head. And for me, I just make it easier and easier every day for him to count. <laughs> he has a right on your life. And few find it because that's a scary concept. If God has a right on my life, then that means I have to submit to him. I have to obey him. And that can be scary for some people. The other thing I got out of this little section of our passage was, uh, is God just bad at marketing? Like, what's his marketing strategy? If you, if you find it, has he, has he just not got his marketing strategy right? Like, is there, hmm, have a think about that. What is his marketing strategy? Uh, it's you. <laughs> You're his marketing strategy. Not just you, though. There's, there's lots of things that do point to God. In Romans 12, uh, sorry, Romans 1, verse 20. Romans 1, 20. I'm going I'm to grab that for you because it's really good scripture. Romans is here. It says, For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen. Not hard to find, is he? Being understood by the things that are made even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were they thankful. They became futile in their own thoughts. Their foolish hearts were darkened. You know, it goes on in our passage today talking about the, the wise and the foolish. A fool says in his heart, there is no God. This scripture here talks about them being foolish, futile in their thoughts. Be a wise one. All creation points to him. 
all through this town there are churches that will direct you towards God. Some of them are, some of them are good, some of them are not so good. And some of you have found a good one. <laughs> um, you have a conscience that points you towards God. You know in your heart right from wrong. There's so many things that point the way to God. And he has a right on your life. Enter through the narrow gate. Go through the gate. He made you. He has a right on your life. But unfortunately, we rebelled. We turned away. We've gone our own way. But Jesus reached out. God reached out to us to save us by sending his son to die on a cross. He reached out to us to make a way. He made it simple. Romans 10, 13 says, Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. It's that simple. Call on his name and you will be saved. We're going to come back to that bit. But for now, I'm going to move on to the little true-false bit. So we're going to do a little game. Just to, uh, in, in kids' ministry, we have this saying that the, uh, the mind can only absorb what the bottom can endure. So I'm not allowed to leave you sitting down too long because you'll switch off. So we're going to do some standing up, sitting down stuff. So there's this f- cool game called true or false. So if you think the statement is true, I want you to stand up. Uh, if you think the statement is false, then you'll sit down, okay? So stand up for truth. Sit down for false stuff. All right, here's the first question. True or false? Armadillos are given names based on their looks. If you think that statement is true, you'll stand up. If you think it's false, you'd sit down. So armadillos are given names based on their looks. Is that true or false? All right. Oh, it's a bit of a... Bit of a mix there. Well, Google told me this this morning. Armadillos, it's in fact true. So you get the pink fairy armadillo, and there's another one called big hairy armadillo. I mean, that's cool names. I, I don't get called big hairy, I get called the bald hairy, bald hairy man in our house. Okay, here's the next one true or false? Eating garlic is a mozzie repellent. Is that true or false? If you eat garlic, does it repel mozzies? True or false? Oh, okay. That is actually false. It's a false. It's not true. I thought it was, but it's not. However, it is a good repellent. If there's women chasing you, you eat that, they will not anymore. All right. Okay, true or false, pineapple is never allowed on a pizza. True or false? Well, there's some people just straight up there like, yeah. This is more of an opinion, really. So I don't have a a definitive answer. The word hasn't really told me whether this is true or false, so 
I'll let you believe what you want to believe on the, pe- on the pineapple pizza. Okay, true or false, uh, there was a time in my life when I was known for doing bank jobs. I think Balaclava, you know, there was a time in my life when I was known for doing bank jobs. Is that a true or false statement? Now, it's causing a bit of discussion. Okay, so for this one, this actually requires you knowing me a little bit, doesn't it? And if you don't know me, you go, oh, I don't know. How would I know? Well, yes, it's true. I, I uh, was once employed as a contractor doing corporate IT deployments uh, where I had a van and I would arrive at a bank late at night and swap out the computers, the old ones and the new ones. I'd load the old ones into the van and I'd put the new ones in the bank uh, and we did get into a strife a little bit. We had lots of fun. We cruised right around the South Island doing that, all the ANZ banks, uh, a lot of the banks around the North Island um, (laughs) and one town down south, 10 o'clock at night, they saw us wheeling things out of the bank and they called the police and we did have a static security guard with us on each job, so anyway. But I did think about changing my surname to Banks. You know, Robin Banks, it would be <laughs> kind of cool. Okay, last one, true or false? Um, if I bought a bicycle on Trade Me for $20 and I sell it for $77, I make a profit of $63. Is that statement true or false? I'll go over the numbers again, just for those who are quick. Uh, $20, I bought the bike, I sell it for $77, I've made a profit of $63. Is that true or false? True or false? No one's, you're all sitting down. False. You think it's true? A couple, a couple of things, I'll pay you later. Okay, it's actually uh, false. That's a false profit. I didn't add it up correctly, so it's a false profit. And uh, there's, there's three kinds of people in this world, those who can count and those who can't. <laughs> that was just my lead into the false profit thing, so if we could have that bit of the scripture up. Sorry, the bad, the bad jokes, I mean dead jokes are, are terrible. So false prophets, also known as false teachers. And what did I learn from this part of the scripture? Uh, I linked to it in our true-false game there. There was one that requires knowledge of me and me doing bank jobs. One of the guys, uh, he's not here, he's probably out with the kids, actually was on those bank jobs with me at one stage, uh, Mark. So it requires knowledge of knowing me. How does that relate to this? Because it requires knowledge of knowing the author of life, let let me put it like this. The best counterfeit is one that looks like the real thing. It's it's like the truth, but it's it's a little bit off. And when a bank teller is dealing with real money so often, they're just doing day in and day out, dealing with real money. When a counterfeit comes across their desk, they know it. They know that it has a different feel a different look to it. It's easy 
to tell what is false when you're so familiar with what is true. So how do you counteract false prophets? How do you watch out for them? You get so familiar with the truth. You build a relationship with the Holy Spirit that when you're walking downtown and you feel you go into a shop and it has that yucky feeling, you go, oh, Lord, what's this? What's going on here? Have you ever felt that? You walk into a shop. Or maybe you, you, you bump into a person and you think, oh, there's something not right there. It's because the Holy Spirit's living in you leading you into all truth and, and there's something you, you can discern. You can tell the difference. When you spend so much time with the Holy Spirit, we can quickly discern a false spirit, that yuck feeling. Get stuck into the word of God and know the truth and that will sort out the falseness, the false prophets and the false teachers. Um, generally, uh, I've, I've known that False prophets and teachers, often they uh, uh, can be manipulative with your emotions and perhaps with your money. You see them on TV. There's some that talk all about the money. That's not, that's not, that's not the God I know. Next one. All right. True disciples is the next one. Here we go. So the true disciples, what stood out to me was this, depart from me, I never knew you. I never knew you. They were running around doing stuff for God, but he, he didn't know them. They were doing stuff in his name. Lord, Lord, didn't we cast out demons in your name and do miracles? I didn't know you. Who are you? Be someone who's known by God. He knows you because you spend time in his presence. He knows you because you're talking with him all day. And how will you know? It's about, it's about the fruit. A true disciple, you'll see the fruit. Same with the, the false prophets and teachers. The true ones, you know them by their fruit. You can look at the fruit of a person and know if they're from the, the right tree. I've been to a couple of festivals over summer um, and at, at both of these festivals someone stopped me and said, why are you so happy? Both at Christian festivals, but they stopped me and asked me, why are you so happy? It's just a fruit thing. I whistle everywhere. I'm whistling worship songs through, through the Auckland airport yesterday when I was stuck there figuring out how to get home. And everyone's stressed. Everyone's stressed at an airport. Flights are delayed because of palmy weather and there's all sorts happening. Everyone's stressed and I'm just whistling through. Whistling a worship song in my head all the way through the international, through that little path over to the domestic terminal, whistling. No one else is whistling. 
except the four sparrows that are flying around stuck in the domestic terminal. We're the only ones whistling. But there's a joy inside me that I carry all the time that flows out of me because I'm just so amazed at God. He just blows me away all the time. He's the great arranger. That's what I've been buzzing out on lately. He's the great arranger. He arranges stuff that like, how did that happen? He arranged it. He's the great finder. You know, at, at the New Wine Festival, I was a steward, so I had a high vis on, and I felt cool. And, um, and we had a teenager there who, who rocked up and said, oh, is there a lost and found? And I said, oh, I once was lost, but now I'm found. And once I got the dad joke out of the way, I said, oh, no. He says, oh, no, I lost my AirPods. And to a teenager, that's like the end of the world. Um, and I said, have you prayed? I said, let's pray. And I prayed for them that he'd, we'd find his earpods. And then I started telling him a story about my ring. I said, 25 years ago, I lost this ring in the Pacific Ocean. I was in Rarotonga on my honeymoon, lost this ring in, the, in this massive big area of the Pacific Ocean. We tried getting some snorkeling gear, couldn't find it. Anyway, long story short, four days later, after rough seas, we get out there in the ocean and we're looking around. And uh, I'm just looking in my random sort of way. Donna is more structured, scientific. So we had a little doozy in the... And that was our first argument as a married couple. We went back to our little bungalow thing, sorted it out, got back to the water and started looking systematically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> a couple from the resort next door come swimming, snorkeling past. I thought, oh, I should tell them to look out for my ring because if they see it, they, they wouldn't know it's mine. So I went up to this couple and said, look, I lost my wedding ring in this ocean here four days ago. If you see it, it's mine. Can you give back, you know? They laughed at me. Well, most people would because it's crazy. But the night that we lost it, we're sitting there in the restaurant. And I looked down, my ring's gone. And the first thing we did was we said, let's pray. We prayed and God gave me a gift of faith, believing that I'd find it. We could have just claimed travel insurance. But I believed that God could find it. I don't know. I believe crazy things. I tend to trust him. Shortly after, five minutes after that couple, I talked to that couple and they laughed at me. I'm there in the water the, and sometimes the, it's a bit shallow and you take a breath and you can float a bit more and glide over top of a rock or whatever. I took a breath and there in the sand and the coral and the rocks is my wedding ring. Four days lost in the Pacific Ocean and I found my ring. I jump up out of the water, the couple were like, what? They couldn't believe it. I believe because I trusted my God and he would provide for me. That was his promise that he's going to provide for us in our marriage. So I'm telling the story to this teenager who's lost his earpods, right? Sorry, getting back on track. As soon as I finished telling this story, I said, see, God can find a ring in the ocean. He can find earpods at a music, at a festival. 
as soon as we'd said that, one of the other stewards walked up and says, did you say earpods? Someone handed me these 45 minutes ago. Here you go. And the kid goes, whoa. Because we prayed and God answered his prayer just like that. He's the great arranger. He's the great finder. He's the kindest person you'll ever meet. And he wants to have a relationship with you. Why? Because he has a right on your life. He made you and he loves you. True disciples are ones that are in relationship with him. It's wise to be obedient and follow him. Hey, talking about um, obedience, uh, often you'll hear um, people say that when they're getting baptised, they say, I'm doing this as a step of obedience because the, the word of God tells us, you know, if we call on his name to be saved, it says the next step is, is to be obedient and to be baptised. Now, my mate uh, from our connect group, Scotty, is getting baptised here tonight. There's, there's a secret pool in, under the stage here, like a spa pool sort of thing. So tonight, Scotty's going to get baptised. Now, baptism is a uh, where we... We dunk you under the water, we hold you there till the bubbles stop, make sure you're really repented, and then we bring you back up and you're, you're a new creation. Now what it is, it's about dying to your old self, saying it's a public declaration, like standing on the altar getting married, saying, I declare that I'm going to love this woman for the rest of my life. Baptism's like that, it's standing and saying, I declare in front of everyone watching today, that I'm going to follow Jesus for the rest of my life and make him the boss, the king of my life, the Lord, Lord of all. That's what it's It's about dying in the water and rising again like Jesus did. He died, but he rose. He's living. So that said, perhaps you need to take a step of obedience Perhaps we could have a pool party tonight. You could join Scotty and being baptised. Have a think about that. Pray about it. Talk, talk to some people here if you need to. We'll be here after this. But maybe that's your step of obedience that you need to take. It's your next step. We're just going to bring this into land. Let's go to the, um, the, the wise builders part. What I got out of this part of the passage is that the rock is Jesus Christ. Build your life on his teachings. Build, your, build a relationship with him. That's a wise thing to do. That's what I got out of it. It's wise to build your foundations on Jesus Christ. Jesus is the rock. Dwayne Johnson is just a pebble. <laughs> Dwayne the rock, Johnson. Anyway, anyway. So foolishness is, um, is saying, you know, the fool says in his heart, there is no God. That's what it says in Psalm 14. And foolishness is trusting in your own abilities, in your own intelligence, in your own intellect. Um, it's much more wise to trust in 
Jesus and build your life on him. So let's bring this into land. God, to start with, we're going to talk about, I'm going to just go back to the gate. We're going to go through the gate. He made you. He has a right on your life. And some of you here in this room today need to go through the gate. You need to, you need to enter in and start that relationship, start the friendship with God through his son Jesus. And it's really quite simple. He hasn't made it complicated. You don't need a, a degree. You don't need to have special training or anything like that. It's something simple that you can do right here today. Understand these key concepts that he made you and he has a right on your life. He created a perfect world for you to live in. Unfortunately, we've rebelled. We've turned away. The Bible talks about sin. The middle letter of sin is I. I want that bike. I'm going to steal it. I might be in trouble here, so I'm going to tell a little lie. Uh, the selfishness, the I, the, the wrong thoughts, the wrong actions, the things that we do that, that turn us away from God, the living our own life because it's, it's way better. If we feel like we're enjoying the pleasures of sin for a season, we've all rebelled. But the good news is that he reached out to save you. He reached his arms out died on a cross to save you. His act of doing that made a way that our sins could be wiped clean. We can stand before him with a clean record. We can call on his name. And perhaps that's you today. You need to call on his name and, and start that relationship with God. I'm going to be here up the front. Some of the team will be here uh, to talk with you and help you start that friendship. Look, if, if you think that's tricky and you're, you're embarrassed to come up, you could just pretend you're coming to say well done on the dad jokes. You could pretend that and no one would know. But later on you might want to stand up and, and tell everyone else. So that's it. Go, we're going to go through the gate. Some of you here need to go through the gate today. Here's some other takeaways. If you're already chosen, if you're, if you're one of the chosen and you've, you're on that narrow path already, you've gone through the gate, then I want to remind you that you're part of his marketing plan. Remember it says it's few, few find it. They need your help. Your neighbours need your help to find the path. The lady at the supermarket needs your help to find the narrow path. That's your obedience. Father God, thank you for this passage of scripture. Thank you that it, it points to a relationship with you. Thank you that we can 
begin a relationship with you today. Thank you that you've called us to obedience, to surrender our life to you and trust you and walk with you for the rest of our days and on into eternity. We love you, Lord. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Crossroads Church Podcast. If you'd like any more information on our church, how to give, or after this message you'd like to talk to someone, you can find everything you'll need to know on our website, crossroads.co.nz. Make sure you subscribe to this channel to keep up to date with new content, but thanks again, and we'll catch you soon.